0: as high producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double triple and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life and now here's the latest episode of club wealth tv Hey, everybody, welcome back. We have a very special episode because we are sharing a conversation in which Michael was interviewed on another industry podcast. So we're gonna jump to that in just a second. First, wanna just thank everyone for sharing the show. We so appreciate all the great feedback that we get, both on the Facebook group for the live broadcast and on Apple Podcasts for the reviews and ratings. We really appreciate everyone that takes their time to leave a rating, to give a shout out to one of our amazing guests in their rating and their review so that other people know uh, and get a sense of what the show is like and what to expect and who the guests are. We appreciate everyone that shares it with another agent or another colleague in the business. And with that being said, let's jump into this very special episode.
1: And I'm super excited. Today, we are here with Michael Hellickson from Club Wealth. Uh, hi, Michael. How are you? I'm, I'm fantastic. I appreciate
0: you having me on today. This is quite an honor. This is very cool, and I got to tell you, I'm really excited about it because of our partnership. It's taken so long to finally get to this point to get you guys. You know, as an endorsed partner of Club Wealth, and we just we freaking love Sisu. So I really, it's 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 absolutely
1: an honor to be on today. So thank you. Hey, well, it's it's our pleasure to have you and. You know, just so you guys all know, Michael put us through quite a screening to uh, to be able to work with Club Wealth, something we've never experienced before. So we, we'll maybe dive into that towards the the end of the show. But uh, as you know, Michael, one of the things we love to, to talk about in the show is grit. Um, it's really focused on how can these team owners really build wealth and take their lives, not just their business, but their lives to the next level. Uh, I know you guys coach a tremendous amount of uh, Real estate team leaders. Uh, You coach like people that run major brokerages. Uh, So I want to dive into that, but I really want to go back in time before we get there. In high school, I understand you were actually selling real estate before you graduated from high school. So, I mean, I know of kids doing that today. I actually have a son that graduated two years early and is a professional photographer, but back when you graduated from high school, which was after when I graduated from high school. But I mean, I can't even comprehend in those days, uh, actually selling real estate while you're in high school. How did that come about?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking about, you know, as a young kid, I, I was always really motivated. You know, I owned a landscaping company. I say owned, I was too young to have contracts necessarily. Cause you know, I wasn't 18 yet, but, uh, but yet I had 20 of the neighborhood kids working for me and we were Mowing lawns and installing landscaping all over town, and and uh, doing really well with that. But then it really got me thinking. I'd read some books like uh, Robert Kiyosaki's "Rich Dad Poor Dad" and all these other things. And I'm reading all these books. I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do I really want to do? And to be a really entrepreneurial, it's it's really. I think people underestimate the amount of grit that it takes to be an entrepreneur. I mean, it really does. And, uh, you know, you've got to have a level of tenacity and a willingness to, to really live on top ramen forever until, until your business is off the ground and, and, uh, and work the 100 plus hour weeks and take a, you know, really take it in the teeth from time to time. And uh, long story short, I thought to myself, well, where do most people make and build wealth? Uh, you know, so for most people, they build their wealth or hold their wealth in real estate. And then I thought, well, okay, so what what am I going to do that's going to give me enough income to really invest in real estate heavily? Uh, and it made sense. Well, sales, right? So, all right, well, I guess I'll go sell real estate then. You know, it's a high ticket sales item, and and that's going to teach me what I'm what I'm wanting to be investing in anyway. And so I got my life. I, I got all my credits early, so I didn't have to go to school second semester. And, uh, and so I literally went to summer school, the, between my junior and senior year, which a lot of people look sideways at me, like, what are you doing in summer school? What year is she, goes, oh, well, yeah, I'm not going to go to school second semester. So I got my, I turned 18 in March, uh, or sorry, in January, I turned 18 in January, got my license in March and by June was the top agent in my office. And that sounds better than it is. Now I, I don't misunderstand. All that meant was I was less broke than the other agents in the office. I was still freaking broke but I wasn't as broke as they were. So, uh, you know, it's funny because after about a year of selling real estate and I was, like I said, I was working hundred hour weeks. I was sleeping under my desk, uh, in my office about three nights a week, uh, which, you know, this is before I worked from home and, uh, and I was, I was struggling. I was barely making it. My parents literally every single time I, they would, you know, get on a phone call with me uh, and they were well-meaning, you know, this is not a criticism of my parents, but they were they would constantly tell me, you know, you should get a job at McDonald's. You'd make more money. And, you know, just they were hammering on me about quitting real estate and getting a real job. And the scary thing is, and the sad part is that they were right. Had I gone and worked for McDonald's, I would have made more money than I was making selling real estate. Now, but most people don't know that, right? Most people think, you know, oh, real estates make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And they have no idea the amount of money that you have to dump back into the business, the marketing, the everything, all the expenses associated with it. And what it all shakes out for most uh, real estate agents, sadly, the truth is they're making less than minimum wage yeah. uh, and, uh, and taking all that risk on to boot. So, so you were,
1: you were a standalone agent, but I, I want to point out, cause there's so many agents who are on teams don't understand what kind of expenses there are. Right. So you were a standalone agent at the time. Is that right? I was. And I'll tell you, now, you
0: gotta remember this is back in 1991, right? Yep. So back when we, you yep. know, we used to do our contracts on stone tablets and you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, we in no, fact, but, I think back I was then was Wasn't, wasn't
1: there an MLS book about this wide at the time? I mean, that was before the MLS was online, is that right? Or was, was that right? That, that and time? what
0: they did in our market, so I'm in Seattle. So we had different books for different areas in the marketplace, and each and there were I can't remember how many editions there were, but there was a bunch, and each one of them was that thick, and it would come out once a month, I believe. Um, I mean, it's just it was crazy. This was all before the internet, and it was it was a very different time, but um, but yeah, I mean, and and back then teams weren't a thing. I mean, they just weren't, Um, and I got to tell you, the ability to to jump into real estate today and join a team really changes the game. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think a lot of team members don't realize how good they have at being able to jump into a team uh, because they don't have to shoulder the burden of all those expenses. They get to shorten that learning curve. What took me 10 years to learn, someone on a team can learn in two years today. Right. Uh, I mean, you can really shorten the learning curve. You can do a lot more transactions faster. You can build your sphere of influence faster. Uh, you know, your refer, repeat and referral database faster. Uh, there's just so much you can do today when you're on a team that you could never do back, in, you know, or, or even today trying to be a solo agent.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I don't think I gave you a proper inter- introduction though. <laughs> so I really want people to know. So you are the founder, CEO of Club Wealth. Club Wealth is one of the largest coaching companies in real estate. Uh, I've heard through the grapevine, I don't know if this is true, maybe you can confirm for us, but I've heard that you don't coach the highest number of agents, but you actually coach the highest number of transactions and volume, is that right? Uh, so, so yeah, so I, the so realtor.com actually, uh, ran some numbers
0: and apparently they've got the best data on the planet from everybody I have found out there, but, uh, they figured out that, um, you know, a very popular coaching company, I won't f- mention any names cause it rhymes with Fom Terry, uh, but uh very popular coaching company out there, uh, has about 10 times the number of clients we do, but their average client is doing just under, uh, uh, 20 transactions per year. Our, our average client is doing just under 200 transactions a year. Um, so by the time you factor in our, you know, 60 plus coaches and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients, and then all their team members, you're talking about, you know, thousands of people in the ecosystem. Uh, it's a boatload of transactions. Uh, and um, it's just, it's a different approach. Uh, we're, and don't get me wrong, we work with solo agents too. But uh, by and large, our focus is helping people build a business as opposed to, you know, becoming a slave to the the job, if you will. And um, in fact, it's funny. I don't know if you can see this in the background there, but that plaque behind me says no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. Uh, that's actually our core value. But uh, yeah. anyway, so, yeah, so a lot of folks doing a lot of transactions, um, but it's it's it really. It's testament, testimony to, to what's going on in the industry right now, right? You think about it, teams are taking over the industry. No, un, unquestionably. and Teams are completely taking over the industry. Now, we also coach large brokerages and stuff like that. Brokerage is changing more in the last two years than I've seen in my entire career of over almost thirty years now, and you know you look at the structure of a brokerage, and you look at how brokerages function, you look at uh, you know the opportunities within a brokerage, what it takes to run a successful brokerage. Everything has changed. The entire landscape of our industry has changed in the last couple of years, and we're going to see a lot more changes in the coming few years. Um, now. I'm not chicken little. I'm not like a lot of people. I don't believe that real estate agents are on the way out. I don't believe that we need to be concerned about, you know, are they going to eliminate the real estate agent and yada, yada, yada. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think that people want great service. I think people will pay for that. I think people need it, especially when you're talking about the largest financial transaction of their lives. Will there be some people that will choose alternative methods, whether it's iBuyers or uh, discount brokerages and all that? Absolutely. And particularly when you're in a hot market like we are now. I mean, we're in the best market we've seen in in my lifetime, frankly. and it just yeah. keeps going, right?
1: I mean, we've been talking for four years about, oh, it's going to go down. It's been our eight-year cycle, right? Well, and and I think that because the last one was such a deep hole
0: that it's taken longer for us to come out of it, and we've and we've had a good, good, good run. And I would suggest that we probably have a little bit of time left before we see an adjustment. I don't think that it's going to be quite like it was the last time. Uh, You know, I don't think we're going to see this huge REO boom and all that. Uh, We're already seeing some REO around the country. It's not coming back uh, in any kind of force. Um, But I do think that you'll see some adjustment. You'll see longer market times. You'll see uh, stagnation. You'll see more listing inventory. You'll see uh, prices come down a little bit in some markets, uh, particularly in luxury markets. Um, And I do think you'll see a, a nationwide adjustment in the next who knows how long, two, three, four years, I don't know. Um, but uh, but that's healthy. That's good for the economy. And what happens is when we're in a really strong market like we are now, that's when you see all the for sale buyers and the iBuyers and all these companies coming out. Um, and what happens is though, that sellers are way pickier about who they'll work with in a tight market than they are in a market where everything sells real easily.
1: You know, They're not going to list with cousin Jethro just to do them a solid when the market sucks. So if I'm an agent, we're going to talk about agents for a minute before we talk about teams and brokerages. If I'm an agent, what can I do to prepare to really take advantage of that as these for sell by owners stop being able to sell their own homes? Because it seems like that's starting to happen a little bit. Uh, I guess it depends on yeah. the market. Yep. No, it does. It is happening.
0: Uh, I would start with this. Stop being picky. Uh, you know, I see so many agents out there. Oh, I'm only gonna list it if they're gonna price it right and if it's gonna be the perfect listing and it's in great shape and the seller's easy to work with and blah, blah. Oh my gosh, stop it. Write this down. Everybody watching this should be writing this down right now. Here's the phrase I want you all to remember. A sign in the yard beats a sign in the car every time. Right? <laughs> That's great advice. So there was a point in time where I had 750 signs and yards. I had 750 listings and active and pending status with 16 agents. Wow. Uh, and, and, right. And it's a lot, but here's the real, here's the crazy number. 6,352. That's how many sign calls we were getting per month. 6,352 sign calls per month. When you're getting that kind of lead volume from sign calls, you don't have to buy online leads. You don't have to buy leads from anybody you're getting your, all your business you need for you to, to take care of your buyer agents and have them be super successful. You have more than you need in the second best lead source on the planet. Number one being referrals, of course, right? Nothing better than a referral, but yep. the second best lead source on the planet is a sign call. And let me tell you, sign calls are alive and well today. And people always love to say, Oh, but Michael, people just call realtor.com or, you know, jump on realtor.com or jump on Zillow and, and get the internet. No, not everybody does it. And by the way, That's like flyers on signs. I love it when people tell me, oh, that doesn't work. Really? You're absolutely wrong if you think that stuff doesn't work. It does work. People still drive by, grab a flyer, and they keep that flyer in their car. And especially if you've got a bunch of other houses on the back of that flyer, guess what? 60% of your calls will come from the back of that flyer. You want to increase your sign calls? Let me tell you something. It's gold. It is a
1: freaking gold mine. So that's, that's uh, great advice. Uh, I don't know that I've heard that putting on the back of that flyer, putting six other listings, right? Put some other properties that are comparable properties, right?
0: Yep. We actually recommend 30 other properties on the back of the flyer. So if you have a list of 30 properties and there's, we have a whole structure for it and different calls to action and different USPs that you want to have on there. Uh, But when you structure the flyer and the back of the flyer properly, you can get an insane number of sign calls. You should get between one and a half and two and a half sign calls per listing per week.
1: Some okay. Sort of- so I can't get sign calls, and I can't put signs in yards unless I get listings. So, hearing from the expert, what do I need to do? What's happening? What's what are people doing in today's world? Because when I think of listings, you know, it's been since the days, you know, the first coaching company in the world. It's for sale by owners and expires, right? So what do you do today to get listings? Is it still the same way? So
0: you can do expireds and Fisbos and cold calls and all that. And I don't want to dissuade people from doing it. And if you're doing zero to 25 transactions a year and you have a limited budget, then those are great ways to chase business, uh, which until you have enough money coming in, you're going to chase business. Eventually we want to transition you to attracting business instead of chasing business. Um, but what you described is, is chasing business. And that's mm-hmm. fine in the beginning, but I'll tell you the last 15 years of my career, I didn't do a single for sale by an I didn't call any of those people. I had no interest in calling those people. Now there's three things you got to do. You want to make money in real estate. I don't care what business you're in. You want to make money as the owner of Sisu. Let me tell you the three things you got to do on a daily basis, regardless of what industry you're in. Super simple. Write these down. Everybody should be writing these down. I can see that Brian's writing. I'm going to write these down as well. You know, you say that, I'm writing it down. It's three things. And it's, it's super, super simple. Number one is a lead generation. You got to generate leads on a daily basis. Now, Brian, you and I talked about it earlier. I'll, I'll offer a, what we call an ethical bribe to everyone at the end here. I'll, I'll give everybody the opportunity to get 17 of my favorite lead generation sources, uh, 17 of the places. And, we, and there's about 109 that we recommend out of the over 2,000 lead sources in the country. Uh, there's about 109 that we recommend here at Club Wealth. Um, I'll give you 17 of them at the end for free. Um, that being said, lead generation has got to be number one on everybody's list every single day. That's got to be something that is as soon as possible automated, right? I mean, it's it's great if you're calling physicals and expired, all that. It's all great. But man, there's a ceiling on how much you can do that. At some point, you can only make so many calls a day. At some point, you're going to burn out, right? So you got to, there's only so much you can do. So number one is lead generation. Number two, very straightforward It's lead follow-up. And I know that sounds simplistic, but let me tell you, the only thing that by and large as an industry, we as agents suck at worse than lead generation is lead follow-up. And let me give you an example. We suck so bad at lead generation that companies like Zillow and Realtor.com cropped up and said, hey, we're going to take over lead generations for the agents. We're going to do it for them because they're terrible at it. So we're going to do the lead generation with their business. We're going to take their listings. We're going to remarket their listings, generate leads, and then sell those leads back to the agents. They built wonderful, huge, multi-multi-multi-million-dollar businesses out of this, and hundreds of millions of dollars a year in business out of these things. Now, then once they dialed that in, they said, hey, wait a minute. Not only are we now generating leads for agents, but we've noticed that agents really suck lead follow-up so tell you what we're gonna we're gonna start a lead follow-up company so enter zillow concierge and op city and so all of a sudden they take over lead follow-up for the agents and now agents are more than happy and by the way when you wonder why there's downward pressure on your commission these are some of the reasons why um, and so now commissions are coming down when there's and there's more pressure to spend more money so you've got more money coming out or going out less money coming in in order to get to the same number of transactions because we're paying, we're advocating responsibility for lead generation, lead follow-up. You want to make more money? Learn how to do those two things at a high level.
1: Number Now you're paying a 35% referral fee for that, right? So before, that we, right. before we go to number three, yep. you tell us what lead follow-up actually means. Oh. I mean, because right, most agents, I'm going to call them back once or twice, right? I mean, and if they don't, if they don't just get back to me, they, they're probably not interested. And that's exactly how most agents handle it. And I'll tell you, that is, that is
0: the worst thing you could ever say. Like I, I, when I hear that's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're killing me. Like you'd last five minutes on my team. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you this. This is lead follow. There's two things that are important for lead follow-up. Number one is speed to lead. And number two is tenacity of follow-up. Those are the two most important components in lead follow-up. So let's talk first about speed lead. Number one buyer of Realtor.com leads in the country is getting Robert Slack. Robert buys. Last I checked, he was in the millions of dollars a year. I don't know if I've heard various numbers. I haven't talked to Robert about it lately. Last time I heard he was at $2 million a year in Realtor.com spend. Um, but then I heard somebody said 7 million. I don't know if I believe the 7 million, but we know it's over 2. Robert, is, by the way, 77 years old, only been in business for four years, He's got 200 people on his team. He's crushing it, Right. What Robert figured out early on, smart guy, is that he had to get to the lead fast. So guess what he figured out? His he's got his speed to lead down to 16 seconds. 16 seconds. So a lead comes in from a RealTreck com lead or any online lead, he's literally got someone on the phone with that person within the first 16 seconds. That's what it takes. Number two, you got to be tenacious about lead follow-up. So let me give you an example of this. Um when you, when you follow up with a lead, most people will maybe make a phone call, maybe send them an email or whatever. You've got to follow up with them in six different ways. So here's the six ways. These are all very, very important. Number one is phone, email, text message, video email, video text message. So I'm going to give you those in the first five. I'll give you number six in a second. So it's phone, email, text, video text, video email. And then the sixth is my first personal favorite, and that's Facebook stalk em. Right? Now right. think about that. Facebook stalking, right? Stalking used to be what? You know, like a three to five year sentence. Now it's a six figure income, right? That's how it works. So I don't- <laughs> I don't love it. But it's true, right? And so you've got to stock them on Facebook. you got to be all over. you got to be communicating with them where they are. We always talk about, you know, it's like the art of war, right? You've got to fight the enemy where they are. You have to go meet your clients where they are. You don't can't bring them to where you want to bring them. They're going to communicate in the way that they want to communicate. So make sure you go and make it convenient for them. Now, another thing that's very interesting. So you're going to, you're going to do this in terms of all these different methods, but then it's how often are you going to follow up? And what's interesting to me is most agents, like you said, don't give up after one, maybe two phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're making here's and here's the number you guys are going to freak out about this as people as watch, we're going to lose people on the webinar after I say this. And, and that's okay, because eagles don't flock with turkeys. So you know, the eagles are going to stay on the call. So here's what you got to do. You're going to reach out to them three times a day for the first three days, three times a week for the next three weeks, three times a month for the next three months. It's the club wealth rule of three. I'll give it to you again, three times a day for the first three days, three times a week for the next three weeks, three times a month for the next three months. This is really,
1: really important. Okay, can I ask you a question about where where we're at here? Because this Facebook thing, you separated it apart. It it must be unique, right? So on Facebook, the first thing I'm going to do is a lead comes in, I'm going to go ask that person to be my friend on Facebook. Is that right? Yep. Yep, and
0: then what? I to message them on Facebook. The first thing I want to do is I want to send them a Facebook message, which will probably go into their filtered messages. That's okay. You'll also send them a friend request, and they may or may not accept your friend request. That's fine. Don't worry about that. This is just one of the methods you're going to reach out, but some of them will. The other thing that we're and we're, we don't have time to get into all the ways that we do this, but I will say another big key is with all of our leads that come in, we build a list and we upload that list to Facebook and we target that list so we create a custom audience. And we start running targeted ads to our custom audience from all of our leads that have come in. So we want to make sure real time we're uploading those leads as quickly as possible so that wherever they go on Facebook, they're seeing our stuff, right? They're seeing, you know, in our case, it's Club Wealth or maybe it's, you know, Joe real estate agent or Sisu or whatever it is that they're, that that you're selling. They got to see you all over the place on Facebook. My goal is I want every single potential client of mine to see me 30 times a week on Facebook. That's my goal. And that's a lot. But I mean, when you're playing Scrabble, I want you to see Club Wealth. When you're when you're on HuffPost, I want you to see Club Wealth. You're on Facebook. You know, you're scrolling through. I want you to see Club Wealth. You're you know, you're you're on uh, Spotify. It's Club Wealth. Like I literally want you seeing us 33 times a week
1: uh, for as long as possible. Now, you said something a few minutes ago about. Firing uh, you know, if you're on my team, I'd fire you. Uh, Do you still have a team? (laughs) Well, so now I don't sell real estate today. Yeah.
0: I didn't think Uh, so. Yep. Sold my company in 2011. Now you want to talk about grit, man, getting like, that's a whole nother story. Um, but (laughs) right. Here's 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 a great lesson learned. You can be right, or you can be rich pick one, (laughs) right? Like that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) So That said, we still have a team. So, right now, my team at Club Wealth consists of just over 60 coaches, a whole bunch of admin. We've got just under 100 people on the Club Wealth team right now Uh, and growing, of course. Um, And so, it's very much like a real estate team. It's a very similar principle for running, really, running any solid company is just like running a real estate team. When you apply great business practices to your real estate team, you'll be amazed at how life will change for you and for the members of your team. So, um, speaking above lead follow up really quick. Let me come back to that. actually. So, so you got the the first two things were lead generation, lead follow up. Yep. yep. The third one is really important also, and that's lead conversion. So the only thing that agents, as a rule, and I know it's none of the people watching this, but other agents, those other ones out there, uh, the, you know, generally speaking, most agents suck at lead generation, lead follow up, and then they also struggle oftentimes with lead conversion here's why because agents are super picky about how they'll work with people i'll give you an example brian what, what, most agents when they get a lead the first thing they want to do is they want to get them pre qualified qualified right worst thing you can freaking do that is the you del- share your financials with me before you uh, even know me yeah i haven't even met you yet i mean watch this brian have you ever been on a blind date in your whole entire life have you ever been on a blind date no. Okay. Let's pretend that you had, let's say so there are people out there that have been on blind dates, right? Okay. So when somebody goes on a blind date, do they walk up to the front door, knock on the door? And all of a sudden the girl opens the door, guy dives right in for a kiss. How's that going to work? Come on. Really? Like that's never going to work. Right. Well, I shouldn't say never. There's always that one girl out of a thousand. That's like oh, <laughs> I like your approach, right? Like Perfect, that's exactly. not the girl you're looking for anyway. So that being said, you got it. What do you do? You take her to dinner. You, you buy her flowers. You take her to a movie. Maybe, you know, you, you bring value to her long before you even try and hold hands with the girl, let alone try and make out with her on the front porch. And yet that's exactly what agents are doing with their leads. They're trying to make out with them on the front porch. Stop it. Stop it. Like literally these people, they don't want you to make out with them. What do they want? Bring them value. They call you up. All they want to know is the price of the house. And you're like, well, let me get you pre-qualified or pre-proved and blah, blah, blah. No, you have one goal on that phone call. You have one goal when somebody calls on one of your, on one of your leads and that is, or when, on one of your lead magnets, and that is get an appointment. Now, depending on the type of lead it is, if it's a longer term lead, like some people are in different points in the buying process, right? If they're super early in the buying process, you may, they may not be ready for a face-to-face appointment to go look at houses yet, that's okay. Then your goal is to build rapport, that's fine. But by and large, your goal is going to be get a face-to-face appointment with this person. Don't worry about getting pre-qualified or pre-approved. Now, as soon as I say that, I know there's agents out there thinking, but Michael, I don't want to waste my time showing people houses that can't afford them and blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, listen, if you think it's a waste of your time to go stand in front of somebody that might be able to buy or sell a home, I want you to go check your bank account because something tells me you're wasting a lot of time on a lot of things right now anyway. So stop thinking like the old you and let's start thinking like the new you and let's get into a,
1: a, a, a activities that will lead directly to a listing or a sale. Michael, what's the percentage that um, if you're the first agent to get in front of these people, so again, forget the prequal. I'm the first agent to get in front of them. What's, the, what's my percentage? What's the likelihood I get this business? Well, I'll give you
0: some statistics from the Association of Realtors. So NAR says that 92% and this is, by the way, a year ago, it's more than it's, it's getting more and more every year. So we don't have the numbers from last year yet. Uh, but just a year ago, 92% of all home buyers started their search online. Now, here's the number that's crazy. And it answers your question. 72% of those work with the first agent they come in contact with. Yeah. It's, it's like when you're in high school, right? And you see that girl and you're like, why is she with him? Like, have you ever known an agent that's had a cross sale with another agent, Brian? And they're like, how in the world did anybody select that guy as their real estate agent? Like what were they thinking? Right? Well, guess what? It's because he showed up. It's because he asked for the business. Uh, and that's more than you did. And if if you would have shown up and asked for the business, they'd be working with you. Given the alternative, they'd be working with you. Why are they working with that knucklehead? Because there was no other alternative at the time. So, or he was the first to follow up. Correct. Right. 72%. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, here's another great tip on follow up. When, when you do get a hold of that lead for the first time, you get them on the phone. Guess what? They're going to get on average four to five other phone calls from agents when once you when you're on the phone with them. It's a crazy number, right? If, if it's a fresh brand new lead and, and, and they've just entered their information online. Internet leads. That's Internet leads. Shared right. Internet leads. yep yeah. okay. Because that information is getting shared with a whole bunch of different people. And, and I know agents are out there thinking, oh, but Michael, I buy exclusive leads look, there's no such thing anymore. They're not just clicking on realtor.com. They're clicking on Zillow. They're clicking on your website. They're clicking on Joe Blow's website. They're clicking everywhere. There's no such thing. Watch this. If you think you've got uh, exclusive leads, you need to understand that last year, Realtor.com, excuse me, uh, the Association of Realtors reported, and I don't know the exact number, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 85 million leads in real estate and 8.5 million sales or something of that nature. So Mm -hmm. it was like literally 10 times more, more than 10 times more leads than there are sales. So believe me, there's no such thing as exclusive leads, but here's what you can do. When you get that lead on the phone, what we know is that during that first five minutes is the flurry of activity where they get the most calls from agents. And we also know that those agents will probably never call that person a second time. So what do you do? Keep them on the phone for five minutes and you'll eliminate most of the competition. Cause they're not going to call them back. I and by the it. way, if you do a good job building rapport, the seller's not, or the buyer's not going to call them either.
1: Great tips for agents. Let's shift gears now because I know when I was sitting in Vegas with you, I met you at Inman. I must've been six months ago since it yeah, coming up with Chris waters. Yeah. So, uh, Chris and I were sitting there, you came up, I met you. And I, I think we uh, spent the rest of the day together, just, uh, hanging out and I was just learning all these cool things from you. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, while we were sitting there, I saw all kinds of team owners and franchisees who own brokerages walking by and talking to you. And you're like, Oh yeah, we coach them. We coach them. Yeah. They do 2000 transactions. They do 500 transactions. And I was just like, okay, I I'm definitely in the right circles here. Right. So tell me about why team owners, what, and I, I mean, I've, there's so many things I want to ask you, but what do these team owners and what do these brokerages need to do? A lot of people think the brokerage is going away. Let's talk about teams, then let's get into brokerages. And I know we don't have a ton of time, so we're going to have to do this faster than I would like to, but let's talk about just what, what are some of the key things these guys need to do? And I know you can't, we can't get through this in 20 minutes, but go ahead. Well, let's start with brokerages. First of all, brokerage is not going away. Uh, they're, they're very
0: necessary. There's no reason to think that there's ever going to be a world without brokers. Uh, you know, every state in the country requires a broker's license to transact real estate. So they're not going anywhere. Uh, now, will brokerages change how they operate? Will you see transformation in what brokerages look like and what they offer and what they charge and mo- different models? Absolutely. You will see changes uh, and we're seeing vast changes throughout the industry. Uh, on those things right now. Uh, but you know, again, brokerages are growing. Uh, you know, And some brokerages are growing very quickly. One of the brokerages we coach, uh, uh, shout out to uh, coaches Mike and Long up there in uh, Minnesota. The fast, they own the fastest growing brokerage in Minnesota now. Uh, when they started with me three years ago, they had 77 agents uh, in their brokerage. And in the first three years coaching with Club Wealth, they added 600 agents to their brokers. They recruited 600 agents in three years. That's 200 a year. That's not bad. Yes, is brokerages awesome. going away? No, crappy brokerages are going away, right? Brokerages that offer no value are going away. Brokerages that uh that expect more from the agents than the brokerage is willing to bring are going out of business. Uh but brokerages that provide great value, that work, for, you know, that that really care about their agents, that that build culture in their brokerages, that you know, those brokerages are growing. Um And at the brokerage level, it's all about bringing value. It's a huge part of it's bringing value, but bringing value is not enough. And I'll I'll tell you why. I can bring massive value. If I got nobody to serve, guess what? Then I got no business, right? So brokerages have to do the exact same three things that that agents have to do. Lead generation, lead follow-up, lead conversion, right? It's a business. Um, Exactly, it's a business. They got to do the exact same things. And so now what you got to consider is, what does that look like? So for a broker owner, I would say the three most important things a broker owner can do are recruit, retain and revive. What does that mean? And there's obviously there's a whole bunch of other stuff on the back end from a, you know, from a compliance standpoint and all that stuff and there's all kinds of business systems they need to implement. It's a lot more complicated for them. But let me start with this. Recruit, retain and revive. So they need to recruit great agents they need to retain more of the agents that they've recruited, but they need to retain the right ones and they need to let go of the wrong ones. If they're a bad culture fit for the office, get rid of them and do it now. Uh, and don't worry about the fallout. If they're a bad culture fit, get rid of them. The ones that fall out, they'll be the ones you didn't want anyway. Um, and then they got to revive. And what does that mean? They got to help the agents revive or rev up their production, they got to help them sell more homes. Um, and it used to be that brokers would hand you a phone book and say, here you go, or a reverse directory and say, here you go, start making calls. There's so much more brokers can do now to bring value to their, their agents. It's, it's night and day different than it was just five years ago. Um, and I'll tell you, that's another piece of it. If the brokers stop educating themselves, especially right now at the rate things are changing, if the brokers stop educating themselves and stop seeking out the people that can help them learn what they don't know, see their blind spots. Uh, if if failure to do that is going to put a lot of brokers out of business, there's no question.
1: I met, uh, I met last week. I actually had Greg Harrelson on my podcast last week. And obviously, you know, he has, I think 2000 agents. No, I don't know the number of agents, but I know he does 4,000 transactions. So he's doing 4,000 transactions, running his brokerage truly like a team where he's actually holding them accountable to their numbers in Sisu. So completely different than any brokerage I've seen personally, so. Yeah, and
0: and accountability is the key. You know, it's interesting because right now, brokers and team leaders alike are so afraid to hold people accountable because they're afraid they'll upset them and they'll leave. Who are you afraid you're gonna upset? The guy that's not doing any freaking business? Like (laughs) who cares, let him leave. Right, but when you hold the gal that's doing a ton of business accountable, when you help her, you know, stick to her goals, and you help her develop a path to where she can get to her goals, and you develop KPIs or key performance indicators uh, that can help her achieve those goals using a system like a CC, which freaking rocks. Love CC for this, and now you can adequately and, and uh, accurately track what's working for her, what's not working for her, and you can hold her accountable to what she has committed to doing. Guess what? That's where the magic happens. In fact, write this down. Here's a great quote for y'all. If you guys haven't written this down already, write this down. Where progress is measured, progress improves. Where progress is measured and reported, the rate of improvement increases. I'll give it to you again. Where progress is measured, progress improves. Where progress is measured and reported, the rate of improvement increases. That's where Sisu is super powerful. Um, And you just... you. I I said it earlier on, eagles don't flock with turkeys, right? Eagles don't even want to be around turkeys. When eagles are around turkeys, they freaking eat them, right? That's what happens. They eat them for lunch. So you're not doing your team or your brokerage any favors by bringing a bunch of turkeys in. And and by the way, eagles want
1: to be held accountable. They thrive on accountability. So something that you're talking about is recruiting. Obviously, you know, bringing in recruit retain revive so speaking about recruiting for a minute this is the same on a team or a brokerage right so so if i'm going to recruit it still amazes me how many brokerages have some person they're paying six dollars an hour call and say you know we'd like to talk to you right over at this company. Uh, I, my wife runs a team, uh, she's moving into the brokerage as well. I see how she recruits, which I love. And I'd love to hear some of your tips on, you know, what can you do to recruit agents in a different way? Because the world is changing. It's gotta be a new way. So let's, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, I'll start with this, be different
0: and, and, and be the best version of you first and 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 this is going to sound interesting but write this down there's three words i want you all to write down be do have right and so this is it's very different because most people's approach is they're going to do and then they hope they're going to have and then they might be something right yeah so i'll be
1: this as soon as i get to this point i'll be that right that's exactly right and that's backwards
0: first thing you gotta do is you gotta fix what's up here You got to fix your mindset. You got to get into the right frame of mind and you've got, you've got to become the best version of you in here first. And it happens in here long before what's inside comes to the outside, right? So I, it's like Napoleon Hill said, what the, what, what, uh, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So what that means is like, first I've got to be able to conceptualize what is it I'm going to accomplish. Then I've got to believe that I can accomplish that. And that starts with being who I believe I need to be to attract the people that I want to attract into my world. As an example, right, when I'm on an airplane and and the oxygen masks come down, what do they say? Put your oxygen masks on first because you got to have yours on in order to help the kid next to you. Don't put theirs on first or you'll pass out and you won't be able to help them. Same thing here. So for me to attract real talent to my team or my brokerage, first, I've got to be the kind of person that real talent wants to be around. I'll give you one more example of this. Well, I take people through an exercise, free, not frequently, but occasionally I'll have one of my clients uh, will come up to me and they'll say, hey, Michael, it's time. And I'll say time for, and they'll say, well, it's time for me to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright." And the very first thing I do is I put them through an exercise and I say, okay, so I want you to write down the 10 things that you expect in Mr. or Mrs. Wright, And so they'll make their big list and they go back and they do their homework. And by that night, you know, they'll text me a list. Okay, here's the thing. I thought really hard about it. I prayed about it. And this is what I got to have in my ideal spouse. And then the real important exercise comes in and I'll say, okay, now I want you to write down the 10 things that person is going to expect in a spouse. And so then they start writing down the 10 things that person's going to expect in a spouse. And before we work on how do I go find my spouse, we work on how do I become those 10 things that that person's going to expect in a spouse. And let me tell you, I'm batting a thousand, a thousand percent right now, a hundred. So a hundred percent of the people that I've done is, that I've gone through the whole exercise with in six months, they're married to their soulmate,
1: literally six months, a hundred percent. Um, not bad, right? So maybe you need to Pivot and make another business, right? You, it's time for you to start another business on the side here, Michael.
0: We're definitely not in in, in a hurry to go down that road. But, but, I, but I will say this. It's the same thing in business, right? If yep. I want to attract people to my brokerage, what do I want to attract, right? What kind of – do the exact same exercise. What type of people do I want to accept, uh, attract to my brokerage or my team? Make a list of the 10 qualities those people possess. Then when I see the 10 qualities those people possess, my next exercise is what do they expect in a team leader or a broker? Write those 10 things down. Then go to work on becoming that. And when you become that, then I'll teach you how to go get them. And now magic happens. And now you'll recruit like crazy. And more importantly, you'll recruit the right people and the wrong people will not be attracted to you.
1: Perfect. Which who wants those people in their world, right? I mean, it's everyone knows to surround themselves with the people they want to be, right? So That's right. You become the socioeconomic you're recruiting average. recruiting or whether you're choosing a brokerage or a team, be around people that you want to surround yourself with. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and so, you know, you become the socioeconomic average of the five
0: people you spend the most time with, right? Yep. So spend time with the right people. Now, that doesn't mean that I'll, I'll give you a pretty good example. There are ballers in this industry that I would not want on my team or in my brokerage. They're ballers. They do a lot of business, but that's not enough for me. Right. And, and that doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're not the right fit for my world in my world. It's not just about making a lot of money. Yes. That's part of it. We want you to be wealthy. We want to help you build, grow your business, build wealth, all that stuff. Yeah, that's important, but it's not enough if I don't want my kids learning from you, you're not one of our coaches. In fact, you're probably not one of our clients. And if I were a team leader today or a broker owner today, if I don't want my kids around you, I'm probably not bringing you into my world, you know, because why would I, because you're going to have an impact, whether it's on me or my kids, you're going to have an impact on the agents in my brokerage and on my team. And they're going to become like you. Uh, and so there's there's much more to it and that's why you got to write down the 10 things the 10 qualities that yeah. you want in the people that you're going to attract to your team
1: or your brokerage yeah great advice uh i know we're short on time so we need to get wrapped up so just in uh just a few questions i have for you if you could just give one piece of advice to just to the real estate world what would that be selfishly and i don't even know that, I, that this
0: is selfish it's just truth i mean this is what worked for me get a coach whether it's Club Wealth or somebody else, get a freaking coach um, and make sure this is, I will I will put the caveat in there, make darn sure that your coach sells more real estate than you do. So if I want to climb to the top of Mount Everest, I need a guide that's been to the top of Mount Everest before, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things I did early in my career is I said, okay, when I first started out, I said, I want to make $100,000 a year. So I'm only going to take advice from people that make at least $100,000 a year doing exactly what it is I want to do, selling real estate. And when I got there, then it was, okay, 250,000, then it was 500,000, then it was a million. Um, And so one of the things you've got to do is you've got to make sure that whoever's coaching you in this industry, they had better be outproducing or have outproduced you in their career. Um, So that would be my advice. I mean, and that's assuming you want to make more money selling real estate. And I would also look at what is their lifestyle like, Right. Yeah. so if they're working 24/7, 365 to make a bunch of money, is that really what you want to do, or do you want to have more balance in your life um, and so i would I would take a hard look at that, but um, you're going to become who you model, and you need a coach that you can model. you need somebody that's been further down the road than you
1: so yeah that'd be my advice It's great advice uh, looking at the industry, which I, I'm with people from this industry hundred percent of the time uh the ones who are successful all have coaches. That's right.
0: Well, the association of realtors, uh, the last statistic I saw was that uh, agents that have a coach outproduce agents
1: that don't have a coach by uh, 11 times, a factor of 11. I'm sure they do. A lot. uh, What is the best book somebody could read? And maybe it's one that you wrote, huh? I don't know. So what's the best book that somebody could read to really have an impact on the? And it doesn't have to be the real estate life. I mean- on their on their life in your opinion um well that's a loaded question because i could give you the bible i could give you the
0: book more, i could give you all kinds of, of religious books but uh but i'll tell you i'd start with this and we'll just talk in terms of the business world there's several that i would recommend business and financial world um there's several that i'd recommend i can't just narrow it down to one um yeah please but- from a financial standpoint the richest man in Babylon is the financial Bible like you gotta you gotta read the richest man in Babylon you're crazy if you don't uh, from a business owner standpoint you got to read rich dad poor dad uh, and from a real estate agent standpoint you got to start with the world-class buyer agent book
1: by Club Wealth
0: And, and yeah, that's, I'm saying that because, you know, we wrote the book, but there's a reason why we wrote the book. It's a collaboration of a bunch of our coaches, number one bestseller on three different Amazon lists. Um, and if you're going to sell real estate, you need that's where you start. You got to get that book, but those are all three of those again. What's that? What's the name of your book again? The Uh, It's the world-class buyer Buyer agents. Uh, yeah. World-class club wealth, world-class buyer agent book. Okay. And you can get that. You can go to clubwealthbook.com and, uh, you can get that. It's on Amazon. And, um, but the, all three of those books, I would say you got to read all three of those books. Um, in fact, we feel so strongly about those books. We literally give them to everybody that signs up for coaching. I believe. They're, they're that important.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I know you're short on time. You have a cutoff here in a few minutes. So how's the best people, what's the best way for people to reach you? And if you want to throw out, you know, some, some, some generous thing for our listeners, you can do that too. I love it. so we talked earlier about I give you guys a, a what's
0: called an ethical bribe. An ethical bribe is where I'm gonna give you something you want really bad uh, that will move the needle for you in a big way in your business. and that is so there's we know there's over 2,000 lead sources in real estate. There's about 109 that Club Wealth recommends and I'm going to give you 17 of the best ones for everybody that does what I'm about to share with you. So I'm going to share my screen uh, and tell me if you can see that screen now.
1: Yep. I can see it. Uh, make sure and, and spell this out as well. A lot of our listeners may be working out or driving while they're listening to this as well. So, right, so what I want you to is grab your cell phone right now. And by the way, those of you that do it right
0: now, while you're watching this, uh, we'll give you a little added bonus. Um, so instead of just 17, if you'll actually s- grab your phone and text seven, two, seven, two, eight, seven, Five nine nine three. You're going two eight. Uh, so it's seven two seven two eight seven five nine nine three. You're going to send a text message with the words "club wealth." Two words, "club wealth," to that number. If you'll do that right now, and instead of waiting, if you'll literally just stop, you know, jump off the treadmill, whatever, just for a second, send that text message right now. And instead of seventeen of our best lead sources, I'll give you thirty-one. Um, and I will promise you this, it will move the needle for you. And a lot of the lead sources I'm giving you are completely free and don't take time of yours either. Once you set them up, they're on autopilot, they're referral fee based, right? So you only pay these lead sources if they, if you actually get business out of it. Um, but, uh, I would absolutely go there. Uh, again, text 727-287-5983, uh, text the word club wealth there. Now here's the ethical bribe. So what I want you to do, or sorry, sorry, what you want is you want these lead sources. What I want is I want the ability to offer you another ethical bribe. So what's going to happen is when you send that text message to that number, here's what we're going to do. Someone from my office is going to contact you and they're going to make sure that you got the lead sources. So we're going to verify that you got the stuff that we promised you. Then they're going to offer you a free 55-minute call with one of our coaches. And the person that you'll be on the phone with is someone who has done more business than you have by a large margin. Maybe someone has done over 1,000 transactions a year, depending on what your production level is at. Um, And it's a 55-minute call where they literally look at your business. They're going to analyze it. They're going to look at what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what's worked in the past, what hasn't worked in the past, where the holes are in your business, what you want to accomplish what you're willing to do and not willing to do to get there. And then they will literally build your roadmap for the next 12 months on exactly what you need to do. You'll leave that call with that roadmap. They won't pitch coaching to you. They won't even tell you about coaching unless you ask them to. So literally, cause we do, these are complete no pitch call. Uh, so you literally have to say hey tell me about coaching otherwise they're just gonna do the roadmap for you give you your next 12 months on what you need to do you can do this once a year with us for free
1: um, and that's it and that's our ethical priority first bribe. Of the year do your business planning right if you haven't done it do it
0: yeah and why not do it on the phone with somebody in a non-competing market to yours who does way more business than you and who coaches agents on a daily basis on how to do this I mean, and and it could be any one of our 60 plus coaches, uh, who are out there crushing it. We've got coaches that do as many as 3000 transactions a year. So, um, and yes, they'll take 55 minutes with you to go over that with you. So anyway, there you go. So text uh, club wealth to seven, two, seven, two, eight, seven, five, nine, nine, three. And, uh,
1: that's it. All right, Michael. Well, thank you for the ethical bribe and thank you for all of your wisdom sharing that with us here today. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Me too. And Brian, thank you very, very much. And I cannot begin to tell you how grateful we are with our partnership with CC.
0: You guys are crushing it for our clients. We appreciate you a lot. And I apologize. I know we put you guys through a heck of a vetting process, but our clients are really picky about knowing that when we refer a product, it freaking works and CC works. And so we, we figured that out after putting you through our six month vetting process. And man, let me tell you, we are happy to tell the world about you guys.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much. We're we're honored to be a part of your program. So, looking forward to looking forward to getting close closer with more of your clients as well.